The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. It's a Hoop Ball crossover podcast. Brandon Marcus here of Hoop Ball Clippers, Lawrence Brooks of Hoop Ball Mavs. We have combined forces once again to give you a preview of the first round matchup between the Clippers and the Mavs. Lawrence, we meet again, my friend. We meet again in the first round. Hey, man, sequels are great. Sequels are great. It doesn't always give you the the, the theatrics that you want, but we're here. Um, I'm your host of Hoopball Mavs, Lawrence Brooks. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm glad to be back with some of my family. And uh, here we go again. Here we go again. Yes, sir. And it's good to hear your voice. You've been doing a killer job with Hoopball Mavs. Continue to grow that pod. Proud of you, man. Uh, and your team is pretty damn good. And the Clippers ended the season in a rare situation where they didn't seem to care um, in the last couple of games. And everyone in the media is talking about the Clippers dodging the Lakers. Um, I'm here to say that I don't think there was as much dodging the Lakers as there was. Let's make sure this team is not injured going into the playoffs when the Clippers finally got Pat Beverly and Serge Ibaka back. So the Clippers are healthy. Finally, where do the Mavs stand health-wise going into this series? Yeah, they're reasonably healthy too. Um, definitely a lot more healthy than they were at the start of last postseason. And so we got a few guys who this will be their first go around. So Willie Colley-Stein, Dwight Powell, Jalen Brunson, they'll all be in the mix this offseason, which will be extremely helpful considering how hot Dwight Powell has been lately. Um, Jalen Brunson, who's had a, a pretty good year um, as a six man for us. So we're excited, man. All, the, the only thing you can really ask for is to be playing good at the end of the regular season and to be healthy. And for the Mavericks, that that stands to be true. They're playing pretty good basketball. I'm, I'm sure they would like to play a little better. But um, but all things considered, I think they are ready to go and they feel really good, especially getting Porzingis back, who's been out with a ankle sprain and a, and a little bit of knee soreness. But he should be ready to go this week. Uh, they're ramping him up to be ready. So, um, so yeah, all hands on deck, all hands on deck. Let's talk a little bit about last year going into this season. And obviously the Clippers won last year in six games. And of course, there was that game where Luka hit the game-winning three over Reggie Jackson. Um, he hit the buzzer beater at the end of overtime to win 135-133. The Clippers responded by winning 154-111 to the next game. Uh, obviously, there was that beatdown during the regular season this year where the Clippers got their uh, asses handed to them is the nice way to put it. When you look at the Clippers... Versus the Mavs. And obviously the Clippers won last year in six games. We're not going to get predictions, obviously, this early. But when you take a look at last season into this season, what are the biggest differences that you see between last year's team and this year's team? And then I'll do the same for the Clippers. Um, I think the biggest difference for the Mavs is they have more defensive versatility. I think last year a lot of the Mavs um, issues in the playoffs were – you had Maxi Kleba kind of playing out of place, having to chase around Kawhi or Paul George at any given time. But mainly he had to be on perimeter oriented guys who were who were very much um, offensive minded uh, people. So this year you get a you, you get the option of you have you brought in Josh Richardson who can guard on the perimeter. And for the for most of the season, he hasn't necessarily guarded anyone's best player. But the fact that he is available 
um, is great. Then you got Dwight Powell, who's back, who is not necessarily a perimeter defender, but you can keep him down low and you won't have to have um, Maxi Kleba spelling so many minutes on the perimeter or Dorian Finney-Smith spelling so many minutes on the perimeter. So you have a, a, a few different guys that will give you some more versatility with also um, Tim Hardaway Jr., who will be able to um, help out as well. But I think that's the biggest thing is that this year they'll have defensive versatility versus last year they did not. Interesting. And the biggest thing that you and I talked about last postseason um, is a couple of guys that were coming off the Mavs bench and causing a lot of problems for the Clippers and just the way that they were shooting the basketball. If I remember correctly, Trey Burke was one of those guys that was causing um, a lot of problems. He was starting um, in some games when Porzingis was out and then mm-hmm. also Seth Curry and Seth Curry is now gone. And Trey Burke is a guy that um, obviously is, I guess not really talked about because really it's Jalen Brunson's show. I, I want to talk about what, by the way, Trey Burke's still in the Mavs, isn't he? Yes, that's correct. Okay. He's still okay. there. He's just been bumped down the, the yeah. depth chart with Jalen Brunson playing so well. And they've been bringing Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench, even though he started recently with Porzingis yeah. out. But um, I think what Rick Carlisle was doing is he wanted to have more scoring off the bench um, with also having, you know, with having a Luca Porzingis and Josh Richardson to some degree in the starting lineup, he felt that that was enough scoring punch. And so he just kind of mixed it up. So I think due to that nature, Trey Burke, Um, was coming you know he's been bumped down the depth chart but he's actually been getting a few minutes of late I don't think he'll be as much of a um, contributor this off I mean this playoffs though it's hard to kind of judge the series from last year and to really look at it and say that's how it's going to go this year because Pat Beverly got hurt Porzingis got hurt there was just a lot going on in that series whether it was injuries whether it was Luca and his ankle it was a very hotly contested series. There was some physicalness. It it was interesting to see the two teams matched up. But the one thing that's very different from this year's Clippers team to last year's Clippers team is on paper, the bench may look worse because of no Lou Williams and no Montrez Harrell, but the pieces fit better this year than they did last year. And you can look even at the guy, look at the Mavs and how you had certain guys coming off the bench, whether it was Seth Curry, um, even a game, JJ Perea always tends to do well against the Clippers. The pieces fit. Those guys had a role for the Clippers. These guys now have a role. The Clippers have a set starting five where they'll go with Pat Bev, who's finally back healthy. They'll go with Kawhi and PG, Marcus Morris and Zoo. And then off the bench, they'll bring Batum, Ibaka, Reggie Jackson, and they, they so they have some punch there. When you, as an outsider, see this Clippers team, do you think they're better than last year's team or worse than last year's team? Um, I think they're I think they're definitely better. I agree that the, that it seems like the pieces fit a little better, um, and I, I think some of that is due to to cohesiveness. I don't think it's necessarily anyone has gotten particularly better, you know, just as a player. But I think the more time you get together, the more time you're able to play and be in different situations, although they've they've had their own fair share of load management and, excuse me, injury issues this year. But I think just being together, being able to play with each other, I think that 
I think that just helps. And I mean, obviously they've switched it up a little bit in terms of how they space the floor, it seems like. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know they have like nine guys shooting 39% or better from three. And like, and so that is, you know, that's something that that is very concerning for the Mavericks in terms of how they're going to defend guys because it's really going to force you to get out on the perimeter and it keeps the floor open. And now that you guys have Rondo, a guy who can get downhill, because I think part of that what's what's so fascinating about them shooting so well is it doesn't seem like the Clippers has anybody who gets downhill and forces gravity to where you kick it out to these guys. But it just but everyone is still shooting um, really well. And that and and two of them are all defensive caliber type of wing players. So. So to me, I just think it's a little bit cohesiveness, but I do think the pieces fit together better and the rotations are a little more, um, the rotations to me make a little more sense based on how they play now. Yeah, you bring up Rondo. He was the only guy I didn't bring up when I talked about the eight guys that they have. And then the ninth obviously is Rondo. This team has more playoff experience with Rondo and Ibaka and obviously the guys who have been there before um, on the Clippers. But Ibaka's a new addition. He's better than Montrez Harrell. Whenever Montrez Harrell was put on the floor with Porzingis, it didn't end well. Zoo does a decent job on him. And you bring in a guy like Rondo, who doesn't have the scoring prowess of Lou Williams, but just is a natural leader on the floor. And I think those two guys, between Ibaka and Rondo, will be huge in the playoffs in general, but especially in this series with Ibaka's ability to spread the floor and with Rondo's ability to just be that veteran presence. And it's interesting you bring up the fact that they don't really have anybody that gets downhill. What the Clippers do, they get to the paint and they kick out and they pass the ball around the perimeter and that's how they get their open looks. They touch the paint and they kick. And it can be anybody, whether it's Kawhi, whether it's PG, it's Marcus Morris, it's Reggie Jackson, it's Beverly. They do a great job of finding the shooters And they get open shots. And that's why you may look at the three-point shooting and say, wow, it's crazy. How do they do that? It's because they're getting wide-open shots. Like, they're high-percentage shots in the fact that they're not being guarded. So you you are correct in the fact they do have a ton of guys that can shoot the three. And frankly, a guy that is going under the radar is Marcus Morris and how well he has shot the basketball this year. I mean, this is somebody in Marcus Morris that is all of a sudden, like, deadly from three. And I mean, absolutely deadly. You look at his three point percentage this season, he's shooting 47% from deep. I mean, that is damn good. And you add that to the Kawhi, the PG, the Batum, the Ibaka, there's so many different guys that can shoot. And that doesn't even bring up a guy like Kennard who will come off the bench at some point in this series. So I think this team just shoots the basketball well. So with two good offenses, I expect a really good series especially on the offensive end, because, man, Luka just continues to get better and better. And then, of course, you have Porzingis. And you mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. And you talk about a guy that's going into this uh, playoffs red hot. That's THJ for sure, man. Yeah, it is. And I I was going to mention him. He's shooting in the upper 40s as well. Luka has um, found his stroke somewhat. Um, Jalen Brunson is kind of gearing back up. He's finding his way. So they have, like, some guys. And, I mean, in Dwight Powell, to a lesser extent, Willie Colley-Stein to a lesser extent. Josh Richardson has actually been averaging about 13 points over his last 10 games, which was a lot better than what he was doing because he just could not find the basket um, in late March and, um, and early April. But as time has wound down, 
he's someone who's also found his rhythm. They bumped him to the bench just because it was like, you know, they wanted to get off to better starts. And also, I don't know if you have been aware, but one of the Mavs' biggest issues is they don't show up against lesser competition. Hmm. And sometimes they just seem a little disinterested. So it was like you just wanted to get a little more firepower. But um, but having a guy like that, you just, you want to have guys who are playing some of their best ball going into the playoffs. And like you said about Marcus Morris, who's just been having an outstanding season, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been having a really good year, but he's really taken it up a level um, in the last, I want to say, 15 games or so. And with the offense going at the way it is for both teams, it's really going to come down to which of these superstars can make plays because as we talked about last year, we were talking about who has the biggest advantage in a one-on-one matchup in the series. And I still think that goes to Porzingis because of his size and versatility and and the, the places he can score from. Um, But it'll also depend on how much he can, you know, we don't know what he's going to look like when he gets back out there with this knee soreness. That's a very vague description of what he's been going through. And he's been missing games and that's been frustrating to see. A lot of people have had questions, but if he's fully healthy, I think he causes a lot of problems. Last year, he only played two, two games and some change and he, he was averaging close to 24 and nine. And so if he can continue to be that consistent, that's going to pose a big problem just because how do you stop a guy who can score inside out like that? Yeah, I think that a lot of the onus is going to go on Zoo and what he does against KP. I do think that Zoo is one of the best defenders um, at the center position in the NBA. So that will be huge. And I'll be curious to see how he does against Porzingis. And frankly, who ends up getting the assignment? It's most likely going to be Ibaka when Zoo does rest and there are those minutes where KP is on the floor without Zoo. And I'm curious also how many of those minutes actually exist because the other main difference, Lawrence, between this team and last year's team is the Clippers have a coach that's willing to adjust in Ty Lue. The guy just gets it. He understands if something's not working, he's going to change it. If something's working, he's not going to change it. He's just someone that is really smart about things. And there was a time last year where the Clippers – would put both Kawhi and PG on the bench and the Clippers bench would get destroyed. And that happened against you guys last year in the playoffs. There is no time this year where Kawhi and PG sit at the same time. One of Kawhi or PG is always on the floor. And that is one of the biggest adjustments from last year's team to this year's team. And I think it's going to play a major role in this series that at least one of them is always on the floor. When you look at the starting lineup for the Mavs, um, the Athletic did a nice little preview between um, both Tim. It, it was Tim that did it, and then also Lawrence, uh, or sorry, Law, um, that did a preview between the Clippers and the Lakers. And they were talking about the starting lineups. And if I remember correctly, Tim seemed to be up in the air about what starting lineup you guys were going to use. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's. You know, it can it can go one or two ways. Well, for one, I think it's with Tim Hardaway playing so well, you're not really it makes it an easy decision if, in fact, you want to start him. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go with Luca and Josh Richardson, I can understand that, too, if you just want a little more defensive presence on the court, because obviously at that point you would have you would have Dorian Finney Smith, you'd have Josh Richardson. And then if you start Maxi Kleba, depending on how the Clippers end up starting, I, you can go either way with Maxi Kleba, who probably you should just because 
he's a better defender at this point than Dwight Powell. Obviously, we know Porzingis and Luka are starting. But if you'll have three guys on the floor that can switch screens, that can guard multiple positions, and that are defensive-oriented players. So I think it just all depends on what Rick Carlisle wants. If he wants more offense, I think Tim Hardaway starts. If he wants more defense, then I think Josh Richardson starts. And as far as the bigs go, I probably would start Maxi Kleba anyways because, I mean, on the offensive end, he also stretches the floor. So, So just by that virtue alone, I think you have to go with that lineup. I think really the on, the only real determining factor is Tim Hardaway Jr. or Josh Richardson. And that's something that I don't I don't know which direction that Rick Carlisle is going to go with that yet. Obviously, he's not going to show his hand. But if it's me personally, I probably go with Josh Richardson just because Tim Hardaway Jr. is so hot. He's been hot off the bench or hot starting. So I don't think it matters either way for him. Interesting. So even though he's been the guy that has been lighting it up while starting, you think it's possible that they bring him off the bench still and don't start him, despite the fact that he's probably been your second best offensive player without KP, um, and he'll probably be your third best offensive player in this series. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess I would be a little surprised in the fact that he's been in such a rhythm. But at the same time, if he were to come off the bench, I would understand it. Is all like mm-hmm. if it's my preference, I say start Tim Hardaway Jr. Start as get as much firepower on the court as you can. Yeah, he, it's not that much of a drop off between him and Josh Richardson defensively to me, honestly. Anyway, I just think for one, if you can get Tim Hardaway Jr. playing against the second unit for the Clippers, that's a good look because they're going to stagger they're going to stagger the substitutions anyway, and so Luke is going to play with Tim Hardaway junior regardless it's not like it's going to be tim hardaway junior and jalen brunson at the same time i'm sure he's going to still be on the court based on the way the rotations have gone but if josh richardson starts excuse me if josh richardson starts then i can understand them wanting to just make sure that their defense is clicking on all cylinders in that respect but you got to score to win so for me i'm starting tim hardaway junior i could just i would just understand the logic behind him bringing tim hardaway off the bench again but yeah He's been our second best player, um, you know, especially since Porzingis has been out. So, again, it's a tough decision. I will go Tim Hardaway Jr., but I know because he's come off the bench some this season, I could see his reasoning behind it. Interesting. Uh, Because the last game you guys played was Luka, Tim Hardaway Jr., DFS, Powell, and Porzingis, and basically the main guys off the bench, Brunson, Richardson, um, and then Klebo was out. So I'm assuming he'll be back for – game one of this series if he is okay so correct you guys will probably go what nine deep ten deep maybe i mean you'll have trey burke that'll come off the bench um so and i would curious to see how much bobon plays in this series that because he was one that came in last year and had his random games here and there so yeah like you said i mean so luca kp powell hardway dfs i, I don't we I mean, we had this discussion last year about can someone slow down Kawhi and PG? And you were talking about Dorian Finney-Smith as one of those guys. I'm curious, if you do have Hardaway Jr. start, how do you feel he'll do defensively? Because he'll, he's going to have to guard one of those two guys, between most likely, between uh, Kawhi and PG. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to do as, as well as you would expect a guy to do against them, considering you're not in all defensive presence or, or a or a known defensive commodity. I mean, we know Tim Hardaway Jr. is more of an offensive guy. Um, just long as he's not being a liability in coverage, again, pick and roll situations, 
um, one-on-one situations. Just if it's not to the point to where you're forcing double teams, he'll be fine. But if it gets to a point to where it's putting pressure on everyone else to help, then that's when you really got to consider, you know, having someone else because you just want to force them in, into an in, into inefficiency. That's all it's about because they're going to get their opportunities. The offense revolves around them. But you're a lot better off if you can get them shooting six for 21 as opposed to a 11 for 17. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think that's what it really boils down to. I don't think that Tim Hardaway Jr. is a liability defensively, but they also need him offensively because a lot of what happened in last year's series was it was so much pressure on Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba to be defensive stoppers that it really zapped their legs on the offensive end. And so this year, having a couple of guys and – and speaking of guys coming off the bench in terms of bigs, Boban might not play as much because Willie Colley-Stein is there now. Yeah. And he gives them more athleticism. He gives them more more activity um, around the basket and on the perimeter. And so, um, so having other guys like that, being able to throw them in at any given moment, I think that helps them a lot better trying to defend those guys. But again, I don't think that – I'm not expecting any of these guys to stop them. You just have to try to slow them down and make them as inefficient as possible. We'll chat more about this playoff series, but first, Lawrence, the Clippers are five-point favorites in game number one. And if you want to bet that, you know where you can bet it. MyBookie.ag. Ever since we started this podcast, Lawrence, people are always asking us where we're betting and what we're betting on. And what do we tell them? We tell them to bet with MyBookie. Their reps rock solid. Best odds, contest promotions in the business. Lawrence, what's your favorite thing about MyBookie? Is it the live in-game bets? Is it those blackjack tournaments? Is it the casino games? What's your favorite part? I think it's live in-game bets because I, I get so I get so drawn into these games. And when I see trends happening, I try to jump on what I feel like is going to happen. So live in-game bets, that, that's exactly where it's at for me. We do not give out our stamp of approval easily. You've got to be the best at what you do to get it. My bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL. Get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. If you need a little help, hit up the guys at Hoopball Gaming. They do a really nice job at Hoopball Gaming. Devin heads up that department. They give out their bets. They analyze what you don't want to analyze, and all you'll have to do is just bet it. It's it's that simple. You just bet it. You take their advice and bet it. They want to win money, so you want to win money. Everybody wins money. All right, let's chat more about this series. When you look at these two teams, the Clippers obviously are going to come in as the favorite. And speaking of my bookie, I believe they're around minus 340 um, to win the series. Do you feel like the Clippers should be that big of a favorite going into this series? No, I don't. I think that it's, I, I think it should be a little closer than that, um, especially considering how well the Clippers. I mean, how well the Mavericks have played them this year. I mean, obviously, we've had a couple of games that were a little, especially the first game was a blowout. So we had that. But when you can just consider how the Mavericks have played in totality and to in this in the season, I don't think it should be that much of a that much of an advantage. But I get it. They're at home. You know, it's a home game. The Mavericks have not shown enough consistency in beating um, top tier teams soundly but they're but they're always giving teams especially top tier teams they give them a game and so i think two to three points at most but five 
that's a little much to me. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this series because I've obviously been warped in Clippers Twitter for this entire year, and I've been a little bit jaded. But at the same time, I am cautiously optimistic about this year's team, and I think that they are definitely better than last year's. And I said that even before the season when I did the preview with the guys at the Hoopball Lakers, and we are talking about Lakers versus Clippers, I said the bench may look like it's worse than last year. But getting rid of Montrez Harrell and getting Ibaka is massive. Montrez Harrell, sure, he can score, but he was such a liability defensively, especially in that series against Denver, where I feel like their team just makes more sense this year than last year. So the one thing that would take me towards the, yeah, it's about right, is that the Clippers are really damn good. And I understand that they limped to the finish line. It really was about getting healthy. There was a point where the Clippers had a ton of games in one short span. They played, I think, a 20-day stretch where they played 11 of 12, or they played 12 games and they won 11 of those 12. They just weren't getting days off, so they wanted to take advantage. So my only hesitancy is that because they did limp into the playoffs, that maybe they lose game one and things could be a little nerve-wracking. But if they go out there and win game one, I'm not sure this series can be competitive. I'll tell you what does worry me, and you can tell me if this is something that you could see happening. It really did seem like Luka put the Clippers in jail a bunch during that series last year. He would get in front of them, and the defender would stay behind him on his butt, and he would be able to do whatever he wanted. I do have concerns about the Clippers slowing down Luka, do you think that they'll pose a problem for him or no? Um, I, I, I really, I don't think, I don't think they really have an answer for Luca. Honestly, the one thing that surprised me in last year's uh, playoffs is the fact that I thought that they would blitz all the all all of their on ball screens and force the ball out of Luca's hands, but Doc Rivers played him straight up, and that just was not a good recipe in my opinion. I think he got everything he wanted throughout the series. And so so when that happens, I don't if they play him the exact same way, he's going to get everything he wanted. And one thing that they've adjusted on this year is when teams do blitz, then they send a then they just send a staggered screen to where they get a roll guy and they get a pop guy and the double guy has to make a decision on who he's going on who he's going to go with. And that's been a little subtle change that I like that Rick Carlisle has done. But if they defend him the same way that they did in last year's playoffs, I think Luca continues to get everything he wants. I mean, he's six eight. He's I mean, he's just bigger than most of the guys that they're gonna have defending him outside of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. And so when he gets downhill, he's gonna be able to get to the basket and get whatever he wants. And a lot of times if he can dictate his own pace, that's exactly what the Mavericks want. They want to be able to play at their pace. Luca's one of the rare guys in the league that can really get a game going at a speed that he wants. And so um, so if they guard him the same way, like I said, I expect them to have just as much difficulty as any other team has had. I'll tell you the one difference between these two teams that I feel is going to be the deciding factor. I think for Dallas, it's going to be the guys around Porzingis and Luca that if they're doing well, Dallas will be in the series. For the Clippers, I think it's going to be on Kawhi and PG. If Kawhi and PG are doing well, I think the Clippers will be winning this series. So it's interesting. I, I don't know if you think I'm crazy here, but I think if the Clippers stars show up, that duo shows up, 
the Clippers will win the series, and whichever game that happens in, they'll win those games. But for Dallas, if it's going to be this, I think it's going to be the supporting cast because we know what KP and Luka are capable of. But if Luka's finding the other guys and they're contributing, whether it's a Hardaway Jr. in one game, whether it's a Finney Smith, whether it's a Kleba, whether it's a Brunson, I think it's going to be a supporting cast that when the Dallas Mavericks win a game, it's going to be because of those other guys, not because of those duo. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think their supporting cast is, is going to play a really big role, which is why I was speaking earlier on how some of the supporting cast is actually playing some of their best basketball right now. You got Tim Hardaway Jr., who's averaging close to 27. Dwight Powell's averaging about 12 and 6, playing limited time, around 21 minutes per game. Um, you got Jalen Brunson, who was, who was, you know, thawed out a little bit, so to speak, because he kind of cooled off after looking as if he was going to be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. But now he's come back around and his veteran presence on the court. He's such a savvy guy. He understands how to make plays. He's really good in pick and roll and he knocks down open shots. And so if they get those guys playing, if those guys continue to play the way they are, I think you get a really, really good, um, really good um, matchup in this series. And I also think that a big factor for them is, is Dorian Finney-Smith making shots? Because he's going to play a ton of minutes. And last year, he really struggled. You know, he was inconsistent shooting the ball. But he's also another guy who's been shooting in the 40s over the last 10 games or so from three and playing really well offensively. And if he can continue his offensive output that he's been playing at, I think it gives them a completely different dynamic uh, going into this series that I don't think the Clippers are necessarily prepared to cover because he could literally be one of the major factors in determining how how this series goes for the for the Mavericks. Starting lineups for the Clippers, we mentioned uh, who they'll go with. It'll most likely be Pat Bev, Kawhi, PG, Marcus Morris, and Zoo. For the Mavs, you're thinking it'll possibly be Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Finney Smith, Powell perhaps, and then KP. Who do you think has the edge, Mavs or the uh, Clippers with a starting lineup? Um, I would say that I would give the slight edge to the Clippers. Okay. Yeah, I would give but, the edge too. Yeah, I just I just think it's hard to to um, I think it's hard hard to get over the fact that they just have two All NBA level guys that are in their starting lineup, and then obviously with the other supporting uh, cast playing as well as they're playing. It's just hard to get over that. I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are two tough, tough covers. And with this league being about pace and space and and perimeter-oriented guys, that's exactly what you want. So I give them the slight nod. Yeah. Normally, I would say that it's a pretty large difference between the two starting lineups. Just, but just because Luka's so damn good, uh, I think it keeps it a little closer. When you look at the bench, the Clippers will roll with the four players that I mentioned earlier. They'll go with Rondo, Batum, Ibaka, and Reggie Jackson um, as the four, and then one of Kawhi and PG. Who do you think are the guys that Dallas brings off the bench? I'm assuming if we talked about those five being the five, it'll be what, Richardson, Brunson, Burke, Collie Stein, and Kleba? Yeah, I think, but I think Kleba, depending on how well he, I mean, if he's truly ready to play, I think he's probably going to be a starter. Okay. I don't know if they'll start Dwight Powell. Just depends on how they feel with with the way the matchups are going. But for me, Kleb is a starter. But if not, then obviously he's an automatic guy coming off the bench. And I also wouldn't I wouldn't discount or overlook JJ Reddick getting some minutes in this in this uh, playoff series. 
Um, he's another guy who can make shots, another guy who spreads the floor, another guy who just has playoff experience under his belt, understands the game, um, and is not a bad defender. And so if he's healthy enough to, to contribute, I think they will find minutes for him as well. So I like their bench, especially considering how well guys have been playing coming down the stretch. Um, again, it just comes down to consistency and, you know, at what level or how much how much they can contribute. Yeah, I was listening to uh, JJ's podcast with Ben Winston, I believe it was, and he uh, he seemed pretty grim in terms of how he was feeling. So I'm curious to see if he's available for the playoffs. It seems like he's playing in a lot of pain, and he has not been close to the guy that he was the last several seasons. So clearly he's playing through something, and he's not the same yeah. guy. So I'll be curious to see if he even plays a role in this series. So who has the bet? You think the Mavs has a uh, their bench has an edge? I think the Clippers bench is better just because you include one of Kawhi or PG with those guys and Ibaka and Rondo. I think just one of the, those three guys in general, I think gives them the edge. Yeah, it's definitely uh it definitely goes to the Clippers in terms of bench. I think they just have more proven guys, um, more guys with a little more talent and capability. Yeah. I, I, I would give them, I would give them the nod. I mean, overall in this series, I, I think the Clippers are well-deserved to be the favorite. It just depends on, Again, the supporting cast, how well they play. And it'll be a little bit of some mind game stuff going on. For instance, if if the Clippers lose game one, that changes that kind of changes the attitude for game two. And then especially if it's if it's a battle or a guy comes down with a little nick or injury here or there. Yeah. I think they have to start off with like good energy, get a good win, feel good about themselves, because I don't know how I I question how mentally tough this team is considering everything that happened last year with um and also with 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 Paul George having the struggles that he had I think he has to have good games for them to be in a good position you getting hit up over there getting IMs or something like that seems like we got yeah I was looking at my phone and I'm like who's who is texting me what is going on here um damn I, I think someone's going off. after you. They're not happy with the way you're you're hating on the Clippers and uh, their mentality, <laughs> man. Jeez, yeah. Well, I think- I'm, coaching, I'm, I'm coaching for West Torrance, and sometimes I know our group chat will get going, and so those guys just sent a few text messages. So I didn't expect them to to ping onto my laptop as well. So. Oh. There it is again. I'm just gonna turn off my phone because I don't understand what's happening. There you go. Yeah, you close the iChat and you can do, you can do it. There's a place, by the way, for those of you that worry about this because it does happen to me too. There's a message and when you open messages, there is a preference where you can do it so that it doesn't uh, come over to your laptop too because that is a pain in the ass when it happens when we're recording. But hey, we go on the okay. fly and and while Lawrence gets this figured out, I want to tell everybody about Manscaped. Support for today's episode comes from Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Father's Day is just around the corner, and Lawrence, this is my first Father's Day. And I got to tell you, if someone needs to get a gift for me, I know what they can get me. It's the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Ultra smooth package as well. You know what they say? Like father, like son. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and ultra smooth package is perfect for you and the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code hoopball 20 at manscaped.com. I got to tell you, Lawrence, there are times where you take out the scissors if you don't have that lawnmower and you can get some nicks, you can get some cuts, you can get some bleeding. It's just not great. But if you get that lawnmower, man, it just has that skin safe technology 
that helps reduce manscaping accidents. And I got to tell you, I love it. I, I don't, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Do you love that lawnmower? Yeah, I, I would just, manscaping in general is great. I mean, you should be practicing good hygiene, even True. more so. Manscape, all of their items are great. Um, and I mean, the fact that you can, you can have the LED light on it, <laughs> like you can do it in the shower. Yes, it sir. can be dark. It doesn't matter what the situation is. They have something for all situations. And that's what makes it so great is the fact that it's versatile and the fact that men are always in, in different positions, no matter what the situation is. And they have something that calls for every situation you may be handling at the moment. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code HoopBall20. It's dad bod season. Time to get smooth. <laughs> and it's time to give our predictions, Lawrence. The Clippers and the Lakers, seven-game series. The Clippers are the home team. I'm going to go with Clippers in five. I know that's optimistic, but I'm taking the Clippers in five. What are your thoughts? Ooh, that's a tough one. Clippers in five, so you have this being a dominating performance. I actually think I think this goes seven. Ooh, I think I think it goes seven. I think seven games. I think the I think the Clippers win in seven, but I think that the I think the Mavericks are going to give them everything they can handle. Who do you think wins game one? I think the Mavericks take game one. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's the key because uh, I think the Clippers win game one. So if the Clippers win game one, I think that sets the tone for the rest of the series. But if the Mavs do win game one, then yeah, certainly I can see a seven game series. So it should be fun, man. I'm, I'm glad that we're back together. Give it your Twitter handle is at LB said it, right? Yep, at LB said it, L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. And I am at B-D Marcus, Hoopball Mavs for Lawrence, Hoopball Clippers. For me, we'll be back at some point this series where we'll chat things up. We'll talk yeah, about we'll what's to, going we, on. We will have to revisit at some point because once it starts to get real heated, I'll definitely want to hear your thoughts on where things are going. And hopefully it's going well in the Mavericks' favor. <laughs> hey, we'll see. Uh, my my guess is that uh, the Clippers take game one, but we'll see. And, and we'll probably have on the Clippers' side um, Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film on Saturday after that game one. Um, so people that are listening – on the Hoopball Clippers side. That's probably who our guests will be, but we'll see. Um, hoping that it's Saturday. Who knows? The baby could have other ideas, but you never know. <laughs> Lawrence, this was fun, man. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, again, you guys subscribe, download the podcast on all streaming platforms. Um, Hoopball Clips, they're always doing great. And as you can see, um, Saturday, they'll have another phenomenal guest. I'm hopeful, Hopefully, I can bring in someone. Um, I've just been dealing with... Uh, with the um with our basketball season and so it's just been crazy my schedule's been all over the place trying to handle multiple things but um i'll for sure be back with you guys soon he's lawrence from hoopball mavs i'm brandon from hoopball clippers until next time it should be a good one everybody enjoy game one between the mavs and the clippers have a good one everybody yep go mavs go clips <laughs> this has been a hoopball presentation